Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Sweet. Hey, nerds. This is another edition of Disorganized Religion. I'm your host, as always, Seth Lawrence. And this week, my guest needs no introduction, though he definitely deserves one. The fantastic star of stage and screen and author, the fantastic, the mighty Jamie Kennedy. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I am honored. Dude, first of all, what an intro, man. And uh, no reason to be honored. I'm chilling. What else have I got going on, man? I appreciate <laughs> you having me. I mean, you got a lot going on. You've, you've revived your podcast, Hate to Break It to You, which is fantastic. Uh, you've got some films coming out. You're doing all sorts of stuff. You're, you're performing live again in L.A. You might be the most prepared podcast interviewer I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> We'll see. We'll I'm see how a, long this lasts. Well, yeah, I mean, I put my podcast back. I've been mean, really, this is a great time to, uh, if you're going to revitalize and, and to create from home. Let me just fix this lighting here so we see if it looks nicer. Here you go. I got a ring light. Yeah. Uh, it's even a better time to, to do that. And, uh, you know, I had a couple movies I shot before the pandemic, and, you know, we'll see where they go. One got picked up by IFC, which is very cool. Another one is oh, going to be Amazon, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to create. Hopefully that's not annoying you. That picture of that guy. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, you look good. You look good. You sound great. And uh, okay, in terms that's awesome. of live shows, live shows, I don't know yet. I mean, I haven't really done any yet in the new year because I just, I don't know. I don't know. I want to like build up my online, you know? Yeah, yeah. I completely understand. Well, and LA, I don't quite understand who's still getting sick. Who, who are all of the new people? that are still getting sick in LA. I mean, I'm sad for them, but the numbers, it's, I'm just flabbergasted. It's, uh, it's, uh, what's the word can we use, bro? It's interesting, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. the news is saying one thing, uh, Griffith Park where I live is basically every day people are out there doing yoga, playing the flute, having picnics. So, you know, there's no cops there. People seem healthy, then yeah. ICUs overrun. So I don't know what's going on. I do know that, you know, people in the, the community tell me that the hospitals are overrun. Right. But then I don't know. LA's not open, but for food, but so you know, that's yeah. It's, and for some filming. Some filming apparently is still allowed. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as stand up goes, it does feel like maybe a more genuine way in which to perform it. The speakeasies, kind of these underground live shows that are popping up. And it's been interesting. What are your thoughts on on the live shows? And when do you think you're going to want to come back for the live show stuff? Because we did a couple right before the new year where I was just uh, fantastically fortunate to host on two shows that you came and performed in, which were great. Dude, you're so nice, man. I appreciate it. And um, I, I think actually one thing about the pandemic that has taught us this stuff um, is what's important to us. What do you want to spend your time on? Like, I'm not normally doing things I don't want to do. Um, yeah. I'm loving creating my own stuff. And even if it gets, you know, 800 views on YouTube, 
it's my voice. Um, yeah. I love going out and doing comedy. I, we obviously didn't have it for, I don't, I don't want to say like six months maybe or five months. And then, you know, the parking lot show started and then that was followed by, you know, the park shows, the back right. alley shows, the carport shows. You know, yeah. I never broke protocol though. I never performed inside. I know those right. are like the super undergrounds, but um, you know, the pool shows and I totally agree with you. Like to, for me to go out of my house, like uh, I was doing it almost as a form of like, just to check it out, to be part of the community um, as I am. And also to see what's taking the temperature of the community, run into people I see, um, and your show, uh, the one of the last shows I did was an amazing show. You know, you had a great lineup. It was artistic. Everybody got 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I think that like they, today somebody was talking to me about doing a show out of state and I just, and there's no, I had not, I don't want to go on a plane. Right. I don't yeah. want to go on a plane for the, for the, you know, because of the demic, but also I just. I, I really don't care about getting on a plane right now. I'm yeah. really enjoying reassessing everything. You know what I mean? That's the one good thing that's happening. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot. I've, I've been very productive. You know, I mean, I'm not out there drinking and doing a bunch of stuff. And I mean, I'm, people could do whatever you want, but I've been working out. Like I'm doing things I haven't done in 30 years. And yeah. I put my special out during the pandemic. I clip it up. I, you know, it's on Amazon Prime. It's on Tubi. It's on five different platforms. It's doing okay. You know, I just literally had a two-hour phone call with some guys who, you know, I collaborate with, and we like went through like ten premises. That's the first time I've done that in about a month. So I'm starting to slowly. I'm getting all my ducks in a row. Yeah. But T, you know, one a, a girl that we both know. Uh, wanted me to do a show, Rachel Cuthbert. I love her very much. Yeah, and she's great. she's like, do you want to come out? And I'm just like, I just don't know. And she's like, you know, people really need it. And she kind of pulled my heartstrings. <laughs> she's like, people really need it. And I was like, but do I want to go on a beach right now? And and yeah. And I almost, I don't know like what to do. So I'm, I haven't committed to anything yet, but I'm going to, you know, snoop around. But right now, yeah. let's just get everything under control. Let's see what the world is. Let's see if people are less pissed so i'm just chilling yeah and and uh i think this is one thing that you and i definitely share that i would not have expected sharing which is a more moderate political view of the world which is i think everybody's both good and bad and i just hope this next four years people who have felt stressed out justifiably or not will feel relaxed like they can take a breath what, what, why didn't you think we would share that? I don't even know what I am, but I think I am probably moderate. Uh, I don't know, I guess. So my perception of you when I was growing up is, you know, I knew you from Jamie Kennedy experiment, which was kind of this, you know, off the wall show, which was great, but not something that I don't think my parents would have loved me watching at the age and background that I was in. And uh, are, you, I just thought, are you Mormon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
But so, some of my best shows I've had in Utah, I've, the crowds are incredible there. I don't know if yeah. they're Mormon, no. I don't know at the comedy clubs, but they're great. I think but it's a ahead, good mix. I, I would hope yeah. it's probably a good mix. Uh, I mean, Utah in general has gotten, uh, certainly Salt Lake Valley has gotten less predominantly Mormon over time, uh, which is good. Uh, that's one reason why I wanted to get out of Utah. <clears throat> Actually, excuse me, it's because of the, I think when you have one viewpoint, it's not healthy. And the more yeah. viewpoints you're exposed to, the better, the more balanced you are. Yeah. And so I don't know, my perception of Hollywood was just everybody is very liberal, very, you know, let's get rid of, of the constraints of religion. Let's, let's just, you know, do what, what feels right and, uh, and press forward. And I, I think, I don't know, I've appreciated the chats you've had with guests on your podcast that where you challenge some of those notions of, well, this guy's just this, you know? I, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I'm really striking a chord. There's like three things I'm posting up. I'm posting up like actually four things. I started like a couple of YouTube series about how I got cast. And then I'm doing another one called why I think Hollywood is dying, which I do believe that in a traditional mm. sense. Yeah. Um, I do my pod, hate to break it to you. I did these clips from a show called Kennedy's Court that was old, but now it's being repurposed on Tubi and I show that. And I just put my stand up and now, you know, people are liking that. So I do like five different things and I'm really working the social media. Um, people, it's funny, man. People really get mad. Some people really love it. Like go crazy when I post some political stuff. Sure. Some people like you appreciate it. And then there's a few people that really hate it. And <laughs> sure. I'm not any way. Like, I don't know what I am. I have to take the test, but I'm very fair. You know, I have Ben Glebe on, who I, I think is a very um, liberal Democrat guy. He ran for president. I love a lot of things he says. I love him as a person, as a comedian. He's hilarious. And he was, you know, telling me certain things that I should have done. He, he tells me why I should vote and stuff. So he educates me, you know, and <laughs> yeah. he's, he's very different than someone else who, uh, well, Flip was more like that. But I really haven't had any really right wingers yet. So, <laughs> but like I've had like people in the middle and yeah. people on the left. But, you know, I'll probably have to have some a conservative or two on and, but not even talking mm-hmm. about politics, just like that. I, I don't know what I am, but like, I'm all about questioning everything. And yeah. I think that one of the reasons I'm so annoyed with, with, oh, I, I, why, why Hollywood is just, is annoying is, is because it's just don't, don't talk down to me. Like, don't talk right. down to every like don't tell me what I should know. Like so many people that are so arrogant, I know they're skeletons. Mm. You know? I yeah. know those I know that glass house that you're throwing that stone from and oh it's got cracks. You know? And it's yeah, that's 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 what's just weird. And it and and whatever you want to believe, the arrogance of things is what pisses me off more than anything and like it's bizarre i I don't even want to you know 
alienate your viewers, but just like, just, I don't know why a, if, if you're, so people get mad at me when I start talking politics because they, I don't even talk politics. I just interview people and they tell me stuff and they say just some, some dudes like make the funny face, make the funny right. face, which I get, but I'm not preaching. I'm listening. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then, and, and then I challenge it. Yeah. Right. And it's like, what, what's wrong with that? Right. Well, and, and so you talked about like this arrogance and kind of condescendence of Hollywood. And I think that's what people don't like or have traditionally not liked about the religious. And so to me, it's sort of like we're coming, there are these two, what I grew up perceiving to be opposing cultures, kind of this Hollywood culture and, and a religious culture that are, I think, becoming almost the same in the way they treat the outsider. Let me explain that. That's interesting. So I don't want to name names, but I've done a good amount of shows in Utah and I loved it. You know, yeah. the clubs. I never did the colleges, but I've done a lot of colleges. I've never done college there. Then I shot a movie there hmm. and it literally had that Mormon money. And I was there <laughs> yeah. for like three weeks. Everybody was as sweet as pie, healthy. It was really healthy. I mean, I would just like work and go home and eat a meal and sleep and get up and work. And it was like, I had some wine, but nobody drank, nobody did anything. And that's when right. I was, I, I was, I don't really drink that much, but really I haven't drank in a while, but I was drinking a little bit then, not terribly, but I would have wine. And even that was like hard to get. So I was like, oh, I'm even really going to drink. And <laughs> sure. it was just like kind of relaxed, clean living, maybe at times boring, but it was cool. Right. And I was yeah. seeing a part of the country that I've seen, I've never seen. I've seen the world, but I never really spent, I spent like a month in Utah. And um, mm. I got to know people. I got to know a pretty powerful Mormon guy. And yeah. when you say the arrogance, I don't get arrogance from religion, at least Catholicism, which mm -hmm. I was raised at. And I don't get, I didn't get arrogance. I, from the Mormon guy, I didn't get the, I didn't get arrogance. This is what I got from him. You just don't want to do that. <laughs> I would do certain things. And he was like, well, you just don't want to do that. And I said, nah, that, that, that's what I want to do. And I'm not hurting anybody. No, that's not right. You don't want to do that. And that's when I was like, I'm out. I'm like, yeah. dude, don't tell me like I, he was like a first time, you know, producer. And he was telling me certain ways. It would say a line. And why I would say this line. And why I wouldn't say that. I'm like, man, I don't want to say that. And he's like, well, that is, you know, that's, he, it was like anything with cursing. It's like, come on, dude, what are you, five? Like, grow up. I'm not saying it's gratuitous, <laughs> but what are you, five? Like, cursing? And then, so there's certain shit like that I was annoyed with. But as a, as a yeah. whole, I enjoyed the clean living, the coolness, the sense of humor. I just didn't like that, like, it was this way or the highway. So in right. terms of religion, I don't feel arrogance. I, I've never felt more arrogance than I've ever felt from anyone except in Hollywood. I think Hollywood, hmm. for me, on yeah. planet Earth, and I've been to seven, every continent except Antarctica, it is the most arrogant, more than even academia. And academia is terrible. Yeah. I have, I, yeah. I have professors in my family. So yeah. I, I, and the problem is that an academic can be annoying and super arrogant, but they have four PhDs and they're at Berkeley and they've got tenure. So, all right, I'll take it. The guy wants to <laughs> call me an idiot. Silicon Valley, a little bit of, of arrogance but they're so smart again i'll take it i'm not going to sure. take it from somebody that's now making a few million dollars a year but i know that used to get coke 
on Western. I'm not going to take that. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad the movie or the TV show hit, but I know where you bought your Coke. I know, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, stop it. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think... I think it's it's uh, in talking to, I suppose, just anecdotally, people, I guess, would encounter that sort of, well, you don't want to do it differently. Some people, I, I think, would qualify that as, well, that's arrogant. You know, to tell me how to live my life is is an arrogant move. What makes you any better at living a life than not? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that that could just be they more like zealots. To me, oh, arrogant sure. is like, Arrogant is like when the left makes fun of the right for the celebrities they got at like the Republican convention and they like celebrity shamed the Republican convention and their celebrities are so much bigger. But then when they lost with their A plus celebrities, they didn't go like, damn, we got beat by a bunch of C-listers. It's like... (laughs) It's like, are you five? Like, who gives a f-? Can I say yeah. that? Can I say that word? Like, I mean, sure. who gives a f-? <laughs> And so the, the amount of pettiness within that is insane to me. And the right yeah. doesn't have the humor and the snarky of the left. So this, it's like, I feel like the left is like, you know, you're smart. You know, you're funnier. You know, you can compose a tweet better. Why do you pick on children? It's like, why are you picking on these guys? They're not, they're old white dudes. You won. But it's yeah. like, it's weird. There's a, there's a, even right now with Trump out of the office, I haven't really been, I just started before I got on here because I've, I've done like three Zooms today all of a sudden. You know I mean? yeah. Long story boring. All the shit I see with all these people still posted all this shit about Trump. I'm like, the dude's gone and you're still right. posting about it. Right. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"What?" laughs> Clearly he yeah. made an effect. Yeah, I mean, as far as an an artist or entertainer, I mean, impact had a huge, huge impact on people that I don't think will ever go away. You know, um, no way. Sure, might you might top, disagree dude, with his politics. Be, you tell me, and I don't want to go down that road. You can do whatever you want. I'm he might be top, might be easily top ten, possibly top five. History of like impactful names of like just that like it's just a name that you know yeah yeah like, it might I mean, be he's, he's up there with like genghis khan now like he's <laughs> he yeah yeah but but maybe not gandhi i mean it, it feels like he will be known but maybe not for the you know quote-unquote right reasons no he's not for you know whatever reasons whether you like him or you don't i'm saying right just in terms of a ringing of a bell that it's 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 crazy. It's and you're like, whoa! This dude was like, he's gonna go down in history as like a super famous like person, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's no question. He absolutely will, and and every president is gonna be compared to him from from this point on. If you're worse than Trump, you are so bad. That's basically gonna be the comparison. That's what they're saying. That's yeah. Word word on the street. Uh, all right, man, I want to, I usually, I talk to, uh, you know, comedians that are much less well-known than you. So I talk to them about, you know, what got them started (laughs) in comedy and all of that, but you've been asked that so many times. And there are some great interviews out there where you answer those questions. 
uh, and you get into this even in your one of your early uh, earlier episodes with Jody Miller, which is a fantastic episode just for the comedic nerds. It is a great episode for what you guys talk about. So anybody Thank who's you. curious about that, go listen to it on every podcast platform and YouTube. Uh, the Jody Miller episode. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. She gives a lot of good stuff, right? And all the different things she's done. Yeah, well, and as a male comic, you know, I'm curious about the female perspective on things and mm-hmm. she really gets into it and mm-hmm. talks about the America's Got Talent stuff, mm-hmm. which is it real or is it not real? I mean, mm-hmm. so many questions with all that. Yeah, she's amazing. It's great. So what I want to ask you instead are hopefully questions, you know, like like your episode with Donut. Is that a nickname? I don't understand <laughs> where she's she's found questions she wished others had asked and so what yes. i'm more curious about as a as a comedian is your kind of definition so what i want to start with is what what do you love about stand-up why is that an art form that you have stuck with it's a really good question Seth. um wait are you am i allowed to curse you, you can curse. So that everybody knows I put out two versions of the episode, one oh. unedited and one where I, I edit out the curse words. Okay, I won't. I, I won't. So probably, it doesn't matter. You be you. Um, I want you to be comfortable. Me, me. Um, well, it's weird because it's like a three-part answer. Like, just so I don't forget it, is stand-up was the only option that I felt I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and oddly enough, one of the only options you can control, but you can't, yeah. but you can. Right. Um, it's an art form that I took for granted hmm. too much. And it has always welcomed me in more than any other art form in more arms during my darkest times. Hmm. And the third prong is that I've done it enough now where I don't need, I like, I'm still into it, but I'm also like, I'm okay exploring other things because 30 years, dude. And I've done pretty much everything you can do in it, except like sell stadiums out and arenas. That's big. But, you know, specials and shows and all of that stuff and never won awards, which, you know, that's also humongous. So I haven't done all of that. There's obviously more to do, but I've tasted so much and I was just thinking about this today. Like if it doesn't go back right away or normal, like club owners are usually like, let's go, you know, don't cancel a date. Let's go. I'm talking club owners now. They're like, we get it, man. Like we're half capacity right now. Like, right. If you want to look at your date and maybe push it back, we get it. Like everyone's kind of like cool. Like we've all, not that they weren't uncool, but they're like chiller. (laughs) And I think like, that's incredible. We're all looking at like the bigger things in life. And 
stand-up was a way for me just to whatever I craziness I had. I didn't know what path I was going to go on. And I was trying to be something in Hollywood. I knew it was acting-ish. And then it was only because people told me, you should try stand-up, you should try stand-up. And I was like, what is that? And then I knew about it. But, but by going to the open mics, learning what an open mic is and signing up and work, it was like, oh, okay, so I can have an idea and I can sign up and I can try the idea. And it was like, a, oh, and I can get feedback from the idea. So it was like a real test market. Yeah. And then in the early, early 90s, stand-up was totally different than it is now but it was like that was your platform that was mm -hmm. your springboard and everybody you know if you had any bit of funniness in you they were like go and do stand-up so that's what I was pushed into and then all the things I'm more known as an actor but all of the acting came out of the discoveries from stand-up from little clubs to coffee houses a lot of coffee houses I played before like yeah. Starbucks was before coffee was a thing, like right. in LA, it was like, it was like, we had like our own versions of the bitter end in New York. We had like the cows in, which is a coffee place in Venice. And then we had mm. the tea room in Burbank and like five, six nights a week, I would do coffee houses. Yeah. And yeah, there's, yeah. And every type of performer was in there. It wasn't just comics and, you know, you'd see everybody from Sarah Silverman, Janine Garofalo to Ahmed Ahmed to, you know, uh, Eric Griffin, we were talking about that, you know, a while back. I mean, everybody, people you see now, people you don't see. Yeah. So it's just, it was dope where to do it. And so stand up now is, is, it's, it's, it's actually the most important thing now because tell me when I'm t talking too much, but like for me, I got my attention from it, built up my five, my eight, my 10 minutes started getting really busy as an actor, but I couldn't put it down. Like a lot of people leave after that point. Yeah. But I, you know, I just felt like I had something in me and I wanted to do more. And like, even if I acted five days a week on a set, I had the weekend. So why not go to a club and try to do right. jokes? And so and that's when I started getting better and like working up to 10 and 15 minutes. I started, you know, middling to people, even though I was much more known and, and the headliner, I was still middle because I wasn't as good as a headliner. Sure. And, and and that's how you, they were happy because they got the press and I was happy because I got the time and I didn't have to do yeah. it, but I, something was pulling into it. it. I guess it was way I can express myself. And yeah. then by that, um, coming back to what it is now, stand-up is really, and it's, it's changing from stand-up. For me, it's like why I'm loving my pod or whatever you want to call it, my YouTube is because I just want to talk. You know, in the 80s, if you were watching stand-up, you know, it was, you know, you were, I was raised on Kinison, Seinfeld, and Eddie Murphy, and like Seinfeld's a prototypical, amazing type of comic where you just set up punch, set up punch, set up punch, set up punch. You know, yeah. Kinison is a different type of comic, wild animal, you know, seems to take ideas and, and, and make them funny. And that also worked. And right. And I, I did, and and I was like, well, I don't know what style I am. And I was more like a, you know, a character guy who would like, you know, talk about things and then try to act them out. So, in the '90s, when I was in there, it was, you know, 
what they call alternative comedy got as big. And I feel like now comedy is the last bastion of speech and it's being challenged. And I don't even want to have to be funny. Like I just want to have to make a point, you know, and that's what some of the, some, you know, that's what, you know, that's what the greats are doing right now. I mean, you know, they're just talking for five minutes. You might laugh twice, but you're learning. Yeah. And yeah. And so Stand up is more important than ever. What my place is in is is now. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I don't want to just have to be funny anymore. In fact, I really don't. I mean, it's nice when people like it, but I. I want to make a point more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does seem like there is a move from stand up to almost profit. Not to get super religious with it, but. I mean, I think that's the way a lot of people view Dave Chappelle now. Is that he's going to yeah, come 100%. out and give give truth he's a prophet 100 percent. yeah yeah he's, there are a couple of oh sorry go ahead he's yeah i just i just agree with that yeah yeah uh so there are a couple of things you said one that i want to touch on one was that you take comedy or you took stand-up for granted i'm curious i mean in like just personally you took it for granted or you felt like you just kind of uh I don't know, like wasted time on stage or what do you mean you took it for granted at, at times? Um, part of me, I'm so happy that I'm not starting stand up now. <laughs> I think a lot of people <laughs> are in that boat. Cause I guess everyone's a stand up now. Like I was thinking right. about it. Right. Anyone right. who has a bit now, you want to talk about parallel thinking. There might be 1000 people that have a similar bit. And you yeah. can see it. Yeah. Besides that. Yeah. But another but another part of me wishes I was because you can you can categorize it and step it up and do it properly in the sense of all you have to do is sign up to all the platforms and as long as you don't do anything mm. crazy, you won't get banned. And you can literally build your voice every day with inertia. And yeah. so and that is the most powerful thing. Your original voice and people that you connect with, because if you take them anywhere, then you can play a supermarket or you can play a club. So in terms of becoming successful at it, that's what's awesome about today, the way you can do it. Obviously there's a million people more doing it, but it doesn't matter, you know, cream's gonna be, you know, cream and rice, but it doesn't matter because there's something, there's a little something for everybody. But I took it for granted in the sense that it was a means to an end. It was a step yeah, yeah as yeah, opposed yeah. to it being a means to an end. Got it. I and see to me, saying. yeah. Yeah. Like to me, there's only, you know, I don't know enough of the history, but I mean, there's a few stand-up comics. I mean, to me, I think Carlin is probably still my, the greatest of all time. And, mm. you know, I, I love him. I love Pryor. I love Eddie Murphy. I love Chappelle. I love Joan Rivers. I love Ellen. I love Rodney Dangerfield. Different people serve different purposes. Roseanne, incredible icon. Yeah. But like in terms of like a pure stand-up, that might only be Bill Hicks. Hmm. I don't think Bill Hicks, in fact, loathed anyone who did stand-up and led to something else. Maybe Lenny Bruce. I don't know if Lenny Bruce did anything else. But like, and maybe Dick Gregory. I'm not sure Dick Gregory might have acted. But Hmm. like... So those guys literally did it as a means to an end, meaning that's 
meaning the journey was the destination, the road they were on. And that's, and if you watch, you can see why. Even Carlin still acted. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and he's one of the most, you know, top, top prophet. So right, right. I think that I looked at it as a kind of, a, a, you know, a board and it was, it was different than it is now. And the world was different than it is now. But there's not a lot of money in spouting off in a coffee shop in Venice. Right. And, you know, if someone blew up, you know, one comic was big every eight years, nine years. Sure. And yeah. so you could do great and be in the community, but you're not going to make, you know, $300,000 a night and sell that arena. Now, last year, you might have had 10 comedians doing that. Right, right. So what's beautiful is that and comedy became the rock star thing. And there was something for whatever your flavor was. So that's what's amazing. But also I took it for granted in the sense that it's an art form that is not to be toyed with. Hmm. In, and, and it's not to be taken lightly. And the, the medium is very powerful when used correctly. Yeah. And, you know, I understand what it is now. I mean, it's a vessel. It's, it's, it's to speak for those that can't speak. Hmm. And, you know, there's a fine line to try and say, oh, it's a joke, but put just enough truth in there to make people think. Right. And I think that, you know, that's where I'm at now. If I continue to do it, which I'm not, which I probably will. I, I just really want to dig, dig in. And yeah. I think that, you know, it was a, it was such a beautiful light and fluffy thing for me for many years. And it was a money-making thing. Like I would, you know, I went from zero to then starting getting acting work and stuff and it took me a while. But once I hit, I hit. And then yeah. I was going to colleges, making amazing money, clubs, making amazing money, corporates. And it was easy. All I had to do was my 30 minutes and keep it clean and tight. Boom. Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't talking about the pains of mankind and all of this stuff. And that's what stand up. <laughs> you know, really yeah. is there for, I was right, just literally a traveling, you know, clown. Yeah. But you're not going to really do that at a, at a corporate gig. I wouldn't think. Uh, no, you're not. And it's, and it's hurtful. It's hurtful to the art form. It's hurtful to society. It's yeah. like, I've done so many and so much in colleges and colleges get a bad rap, but I've had a lot of great shows in colleges and I've, been able to push the boundaries in some colleges i've gotten some pushback and some corporates have been really great and some corporates are like come on make fun of bob from accounting we're paying you a lot of money and yeah. clubs you think you're free but even some clubs are like yo 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 go easy on that stuff so i mean yeah i was playing by the rules and i guess what i'm saying is you know the art form really shouldn't be bounded sure it shouldn't be if you want to hire a stand-up for a corporate great but call him like an entertainer you know it's not <laughs> right. like it's right. not not stand you know bill hicks is you know one hour special which just yeah that's yeah it's know. a it's a funny ted talk it's yeah it's not exactly yeah it's not nanette you know like something very <laughs> painful and personal you know it's not right raw you know eddie murphy album it's not it's 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 and it is a college gig is nice, but you don't really want to stand up because you don't want to let them go there. 
you know right even in our own community dude even at even at clubs the yeah, clubs are awesome no-nos. well no the clubs are awesome yeah but it's the people that are going into them now that kind of don't want you to do certain stuff and it's like but you just came to the gym and got mad because i dropped the weights like this is what <laughs> we do here right so that's yeah. what i mean i mean stand up yeah, to see. me is when comedians are censoring other comedians it's like what are you doing you're cannibalizing each other like stop it and it's just like it, comedy isn't judging comedy is judging the world but if you're in it you're part of this this i don't want to say fraternity because you can't sneak in men <laughs> community it's, what's the way community let's say yeah. that yeah and you and you see what you got it's a very 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 tough thing to to do it and i think a lot of people don't realize that and i think the ones that do you like yeah yeah i i wholeheartedly agree uh so in talking about some of these people that come to clubs and heckle you either during or after i i have watched your documentary heckler a couple of times and really liked it i'm curious my first question about it is, was it cathartic for you uh, making that, that, that documentary? A thousand percent. Yeah. That's why I made it. It was, it was painful experience in my life and it was, I didn't know what I was going through and, and I'm not a person that takes things in and mopes. I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. So I turned that pain into action and I was like, what is this? What, what? And so, you know, it's, it was, it was great to do and to see and to really meet these naysayers and get an idea of who they are. And once I did, I felt a lot better about myself. Yeah. Yeah. So how long did the project take? I mean, you started filming when? So, I started in 05 and I met my director who I'd known before and I met him at the uh, the improv in Tempe and he's like, yo, I'm filming specials. I wanted to film a special for you. So then I would have him come on the road with me and he would get to know my act. And then he, you know, we were, I would always get some kind of interaction, you know? Yeah, and we'd film that and play this back and I'm like this is so funny and I'm like this is like becoming funnier than the bits and he's like I know and he's like boom and then because it was live it was in the moment and that's what right. I would love to do I don't I don't ever want to go for I love doing material but I'd rather just talk yeah but, so I go and I started stringing them together and around like 15 minutes I'm like this is this is fascinating. He's like, I'm like, I think they have something here. And he's like, I think so too. And so hmm. we were there putting together my one hour special. And then this other project was born out of it. And it was basically just like funny audience reactions. And then the heckles. And I was like, what, what emboldens these people? And then what is this IMDB talk back page? What are the comments? Hmm. And then YouTube came out and they have comments. <laughs> called Robert De Niro and like it's like these sacred things were just being talked about online and I was like who can say that what 
how could you say that about your mailman or, you know, or sure. Merle Streep or whatever. And I was like, what the, like all of these things, which it was just, the gloves were never off. People have to understand yeah. that the gloves were never off. There was never any gloves. And yeah. people just went from having gloves to taking them off and throwing these bloody haymakers. And you're like, what the, what the, you know? So that was just hitting me all at once. I was starring in a movie. It was getting critically panned. I was touring all over the country and the world and heckles were happening. It was like a new emboldened online it was popping in video. And it was all just at this moment. It was just like, and anything that anyone said or thought about you. Yeah. Was in your face. And that is now like Pong was <laughs> when Atari came out. And right now we're at Fortnite. I mean, it, that's, yeah. and it was that painful. So imagine what it is now, obviously. You don't have to imagine it. So I was like, what the f-? So then I started dealing with the hacklers and we started coming up with these scenarios and we started, when somebody would hackle us and we would put, we would say, well, what if we did this? And we'd ask them then, or can you do it better? All of this stuff. So we did that and, and real people, they would just do it. And then, and then, you know, Michael's like, we've really got to get other people's opinions. And that's when we just started comedians just came amazingly bored. And then, and then like I started reading reviews and at that time reviews ceased from going from reviews to actual personal attacks. They left right. the actual non-biased reviews and became opinion pieces. So then <laughs> I was like, this you. is like a form yeah. of heckling. Yeah. Yeah. And then it wasn't just a piece anymore. It was about you as a person. So it right. was a three-pronged step. And I just, the people that don't get it, I want to punch squarely in their, <laughs> in their <laughs> nose and save that for the Mormon cut. Because yeah, I want to punch squarely in their <laughs> nose. Because here's why. The people that get it are like you that get it. And the people that don't, don't. And that's okay. But at least understand why you don't get it. It's not me being a whiny. It's not me being a hurt baby. Yeah, I'm hurt. But I want to find out what this is. So I went and I put myself, no one else, myself as the centerpiece. I am the test tube baby for that. I am the linchpin. I'm the punching bag. And I go out and I find it. And what I found out. It was mostly a lot of people that just had access to a new way to get their voice out. A lot of disenfranchised people, a lot of entitled people, a lot of people without a lot of third eye that they can't see stuff or self-awareness. And maybe like one or two informed people that when I confronted them were like, okay, I can see how that's annoying and maybe it, but for the most part, it wasn't like a regulated system. So I wasn't wrong. And now I got to meet (laughs) these people. They weren't multimillionaires with you know, a wife and three beautiful children and a house and a successful job, they were disenfranchised. I'm not saying yeah. everybody is. Yeah. So it's, and I needed to do that. And then I stand by that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, it's a great uh, a documentary that everybody interested in standup should watch. And my biggest question. Right. Right. And it's so much easier to destroy what others create. 100%. My biggest question after watching it was what strategies have you developed personally to deal with hecklers either on stage or, or off, right? The critics afterward. (sighs) I feel like, I mean, I was just talking to this earlier 
about I'm I think I'm one of the few people that really deal with hecklers in the sense that I actually deal with them. Like yeah. I give them a voice. Yeah. I listen to them. You know, I don't want to go down the road and what happened, but there was a lady that was really, really upset about a joke I did. I was just telling someone else this. And she came to me in a club, she grabbed my shirt, the club had told her to get off me. People were like, yo, why are you doing this? I'm like, because it's fascinating. You got to get to know who you're doing this stuff. Then I went to the taco place across the street. She followed me there and still like was telling me why. And it's fascinating. A lot yeah. of people won't do that. A lot of comics won't do that. It's like, no, you got to get to know who you're performing in front of. And also it's a great piece of content, even though I wasn't filming it. And I really am generally interested in why people are the way they are. Yeah. So for me, when I have, it's never been so emboldened, like, I mean, the audience is so emboldened now that like they probably think they can do stand up and they probably think they can do stand up better than you because they have a Twitter <laughs> right. or a Snapchat or a Twitch. And they yeah. probably think if they have more followers than you, they're better than you. So that's yeah. or they've a told a funny story once, you know? Yeah. And then so for me, I welcome it because, you know, like I'm into exploring and I'm tired of just doing material. So if somebody really gets a when somebody really gets offended, that is my bread and butter. Like, I really like to break it down on why they're offended, find out why they're offended, and then kind to educate them on why they actually should not be offended. Or at least yeah. this isn't the house to do that in. Or right. you can be, but like, don't stop, you know, this thing from going. And in terms of critics, like of print, it's like, you can't do anything. Do not listen to anybody who says, just ignore them. Just ignore them. Just keep going. <laughs> I mean, yes, you can like keep going. That's one thing, but I just hate those liars. Shut up. We all do <laughs> this for approval. We all do this because we want right. some glory. You know, you hear those things, man. I don't care who you are. They're lying to you. Do not listen to them. They're full of <laughs> and it's hard to ignore. The ones that are hard to ignore are the ones with validity. So if you yeah. do like a bad movie or you have a bad performance, like when I've gotten bad reviews for a movie and the movie is going bad and I know it's bad, mm -hmm. that stings because it's yeah. like, ooh. But, and, and if you couldn't do anything to do it, if you're on a sinking ship and you're like trying to change it, but you have no power. Yeah. But like yeah. when you get a bad review for a movie, but people love the movie and the reviewer's out of touch, you're like, nah, I know I did good. But- right. Like I did a show in Iceland one time and the crowd loved it. Like mm -hmm. he was killing, like practically standing ovation. Two shows, 3000 people. The review was as if the guy went to a funeral, <laughs> how terrible I was. Interesting. And I'm like, yeah. was he at the same show? And I framed it because yeah. I had such an amazing time. They loved me so much. I stayed on extra week. Yeah. And like, I was like, this is crazy. So I framed it because I've always wanted to remember that that was two different realities that didn't coexist, mm. that coexisted, but there, the right. people enjoying it and consuming it and the person that it wasn't for, but was watching me do my job and he was right. reporting it, that it wasn't. And, and then had a job to tell everyone else who wasn't there what it was like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... All right, we're going to do a, a quick transition here to religion. So you mentioned raised Catholic. Uh, 
how Catholic was your family? I mean, you guys went to mass every week. Oh yeah. Every Sunday. Um, I like, there's something called stations of the cross. I think during Easter, I had to go to that. Sure. Christmas and holidays. Um, altar boy, I think from like fifth grade on, I was like an altar boy until like, not in high school once again, but for like for three years. Did a right. lot of like funerals, some weddings. Actually, made good money at funerals. Oh, interesting. Um, did a lot of masses, like the six AMers. So so <laughs> uh-huh. early, but you would get tips. Sometimes you get tips, so it was like oh, good. Huh. It was almost like a sneaky job. <laughs> I and, didn't know um, altar altar boys could get tips. You could get tips, and it was like way if you went if you're an altar boy, you also could get pardoned for school if you were late or something. Yeah. So. I didn't mind it. All my friends, we all did it. It was totally chill. Um, I know there's a lot of funkiness around it. There was not, you know, my part. Sure. You know, I'm sure there was some, but like Philly's a different animal. So I think, you know, we're, but it's, it's dark. I mean, it's got some problems, but I'm saying in my group, you know, we were lucky. I don't know. Yeah. We were actually yeah. really lucky. It was, it was mostly nuns and priests though. That was, was, was my, my school. Got it. And, more, and nuns, did, more nuns. More nuns. Uh, yeah. And you went through Catholic school all the way through high school before moving to LA or when did Catholic school end for you? Yeah, never did. I don't know yeah. any other schooling. So I don't know what it's like to be. It's kind of funny because I was almost raised in a different way. and I forget about it. Maybe that's why I am so wild in a weird way, but I'm not. I'm, I'm responsible. Right. But I consider my persona like an altar boy, like likes to have fun, likes to go right to the edge, but not get in trouble. That's kind of like how I am. And I think that it's weird because I was, I was the only one. I wore a uniform all 12 years, eight to Hmm. eight years in one school and then four years in an all boys high school. And my mother at the time and my dad, they were doing better financially. And I was like the only kid. They were like, you're going to do this for us. And I was like, okay. And I liked it. Yeah it was all dudes and we would laugh a lot and goof around and there's a freedom without yeah. having to impress girls. And so uh-huh. you're, even though the girls school was right across the way, it's just, you can just be snot nose snark, you know, sarcastic kid. And that's what it was. And so sure. I didn't, it didn't uh, bother me. So you did, I mean, all the catechisms and everything all the way, all the way up. Yeah, baptized, I'm pretty sure I don't remember it, but communion, confirmation, all that stuff. I did everything. Yeah. So do you still identify as Catholic religiously or or not so much anymore? Not at all. Hmm. Um, I actually am pretty even deeper in the game. Like I used to be my mom had a pretty big job in Philly. She was like paralegal to a huge lawyer. So I used to drive the cardinal around believe it or not i did oh, I wow. drove the cardinal the bit of some bishops i'm telling you that i'm lucky but they were always yeah. cool to me i never had maybe i had a vibe of like don't with me but I, it wasn't like that back then <laughs> i was like the funny like goofy kid that was josie's kid so i made really mm. good money these priests all had this disposable income and so sure. they would go to these functions these lay what they call lay functions which are outside of the church i would drive them um yeah no, I don't. Cons- I consider myself having the remnants, the after effects of Catholicism, 
but no, I don't subscribe to it. Mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to really any of it. But I will say in the last year, I mean, dude, this is such a rabbit hole we could go down. So it's got, yeah, I got to be careful with you. But sure. in a nutshell, I'm not one of these people that says I'm spiritual and all this stuff. But there's a so couple you're not things. that LA. No, but <laughs> you know, there's a couple things that are simple. Like I believe, I want to say I believe in karma. Mm-hmm. I'll try to make this as simple as I can. It's kind of like if I can look at things from a scientific viewpoint, it kind of makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. And like energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So every action has an opposite reaction. So that equates to do unto others as you want done unto you. So that's kind of scientific. And I believe in that. I also yeah. believe in karma. Does it always come back to the person? No, I've seen some bad people get off, but there's a karma that gets on their soul. Mm. Like you do see a person can live a terrible life and look like they're getting ahead, but inside they're black and cold. And so yeah. I do believe that is karma. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people who are generally bad people are generally happy people. So there's mm-hmm. their karma. So, um, but Catholicism, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't subscribe to it. I don't subscribe. There is not one way or no way. That's just not, I've met too many Buddhists. I've met too many Muslims. I've met too many Mormons. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's ignorant to say that. Sure. But I will say in the last year and change, now I'm just stay with me because I'm going to go weirder with you for a second. All right. I'm excited. There's something. How can I say this? I don't want to put off some of your viewers there's a lot of twisted things with Catholicism and possibly yeah. most religions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just right now, for instance, if you're a good religious religion, every homeless person that's sleeping outside in front of your church, open your church. If you don't do that, you're out. Sure. Get away from me. So that's, sure. you see that everywhere. You're a artist. If you don't let them in, let them in. Right. That's what they even in the right. Bible, it says that Jesus let people in, Jesus with the beggars and all this stuff. So right, right away, that people aren't practicing what the old scripture, whether it's real or not, says. But yeah. basically, in a nutshell, how can I explain this to you? With the advent or the discovery of quantum physics, mm-hmm. something is coming into play with spirituality and i don't want to say that because that sounds so corny and hippie but let's say vibrations and something within the religious world so how can i explain this to you tell me if i'm talking too much all right yeah so there was a there was a professor scientist someone in japan and have you ever heard of random nodding no. Random nodding is a very cool app. After that, you should you should look this up. But random nodding yeah. is a way it's an app you get on your phone and it takes 
I can't explain it, but it takes it does something and it you, you, you make an intention and it takes your location and you think a thought and what your intention is, it somehow turns it into a longitude and a latitude and sends you to a place. So mm-hmm. for instance, people say they wanted to be scared. This is one of the most famous ones. Find okay. something scary. And these people found a dead body. Oh, interesting. So, so it's not it's, random. It's not some random no, geolocation. Exactly. There's some so algorithm to it. Yes. Yeah, so in a nutshell, there was a guy in Japan who did something like this where he, since things are so blown open, I think religion is going to be exposed, but I think there's going to be parts of it that might have some truth to it. And here's what I'm going to hmm. say. Yeah. So this guy in Japan, Japan, scientist or professor, had people have water in front of them and thought a thought and that affected the crystallization of the water. Hmm. So if it was negative, it looked like a water that would be like all freaked out. And when it was positive and loving, it was a beautiful crystal in the atomic level. And it was literally proved that thoughts are things, right? Yeah. So thoughts are actual things. There's an energy. There's also to it. yes, and there's also something like when you just said, "Oh, I don't like your energy." Well, now there's something that was MIT just said recently, some kind of study that we are actually mass, that we're actually some kind of gas, which basically boils down to energy. So if you break our hmm. atoms down at the molecular level, there's kind of nothing there, and we're made up of this. I don't know something that's not solid. Yeah, And so when you say, I don't like your energy, that actually is a true thing because it could get your energy onto you and it can get within you, literally. That's why you don't like, you know, bad vibes. Sure, sure. All of that plays into certain things. If you look in certain religions, you can take little pieces of religions and go, okay, that makes sense with that. That makes sense with that. Aliens, in the sense what we mistaken for Jesus in different things, Jesus possibly could have been an alien. Hmm. And ghosts to me are actually people in another dimension. So yeah. it's not really a ghost. It's with the, with the advent of quantum physics, if you know sure. anything about it or read it, it's basically things are happening right next to you that your senses cannot access. Right. And when you do, it is because you can pick up on it because there's a break within the quantum realm, which is yeah. proven scientifically. So that ghost spirits, all of this could fit into that. So religion gets in that involved because it could be provable in some ways, but I don't know if it's religion. Hmm. And, and the bottom line is within that though, within the last 12 months, all that, you know, there's a lot more religious people than you realize. Like, I call them Jesus freaks, you know, they used to be like when somebody said like, Jesus, I was like, it was like, you know what time it is? Well, Jesus says it's time. And you're like, I'm out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I can tell we're not going to have any fun. But I, but I know like a lot of, you know, people, I don't, you know, young, beautiful women that will drop a Jesus in there, but they're not like a Jesus freak. They're sensible. Right. And then within the last 12 months with all the that's going on and, Holy, there's a lot of disgusting, 
horrific things in this world. Yeah. And I think that it's being exposed. And when you talk to some of these people that are normal people, but they just believe that God is this higher being power that's going to save them. They describe it in a way that I can see what they're saying Mm. that I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's heaven, but there's another realm where a good can happen and other realms where bad can happen. And, and the way they talk about it, I can see it being some kind of, quantum thing so in the last hmm. year and there's weird happening like if you do i don't even know enough of the bible but the apocalypse there are weird things yeah that kind of look apocalyptic and like four sure. horsemen-esque and yeah. i'm not even yeah. a religious person dude but i'm just saying <laughs> but i think yeah. I, I think it's kind of basically all that long answer was just tell me if you get it it's basically i think parts of religion can be science and they sure. say it's religion and it's not so much faith and gooey and spirits and all this. And it's more like it's actually available, but it's it can be broken down in sensible terms that yeah. I like. Yeah. All the yeah. other stuff. No. Right. Well, I think from what I'm hearing you say is that there's truth, there's truth out there and religion might be getting at some of that truth, but for it to, for you to be that is truth for you to say that is believable it needs to be backed up with some science there needs to be something there that that helps it you know be material for you is that yeah like you can't like like but anything can be religious you know like to me sure. in a sense like organizationism is is one of my religions i love being organized I mean, it makes me feel yeah. better it yeah. makes me yeah. more efficient um yeah. Well, I think that's why people are getting freaked out with politics because some people look at politics as a religion. A hundred percent. AI, they're going to say, is going to be a new type of religion, you know? Right. And, and, and it's like, but like, let's look at an example of like what is supposed to be like, quote unquote, like religion, but what gives religion a bad name and really turns it off. So, so for example, we had this pandemic over, I don't know, close to 400,000 people have died. Yeah. And just the U S yeah. Just the U S. Um, I have people on the front lines. I talked to at least three different people, my sister being one of them and says, you know, they're overloaded. I do have some other people I talked to that said they weren't as busy. You hear mm-hmm. in the news, California and all this stuff. I don't know. I haven't been in there, but I do see people out and about but I do know three people that have it right now, but they're, they're doing okay. They're not Mm -hmm. hospitalized by any means. So we have this horrible thing that is being taken us over, affected our complete world. Right. Yeah. And then you have these businesses that are just completely going out of business. Yeah. Right. Small businesses, exactly what you're saying. the heart of our world, somebody just trying to make a living, you know, not mm-hmm. sucking off the teeth of a corporate nipple. And then you have a national championship game and you have people in the stands, not as sold out as they say, but enough. Right. But then after that, you go to a camera in Alabama and you see 10 blocks of P 
people celebrating just pretty much inside of each other practically on yeah. it's insane very little masks and yet you see a small restaurant and a mother and a father crying because their business is going out of business in 40 years but yet right. the college football sustains to a religious belief or to be better a human being and espn promotes it which is owned by disney and i just call bull <laughs> man you're <laughs> bull scumbag liars yeah and they need to be called out because you're telling me your leisurely activity your football game your complete escapism that just no effect on mankind whatsoever is better than this family eating and learning right. how to make enough money so you can be entertained that is the opposite of religion <laughs> i can yeah. argue that's demonic yeah and yet, you never wonder why people, if I was a small businesses, I would be blowing up the world. Like, <laughs> I, it makes yeah. me insane. So whatever that is, but those are the high and mighty people that get behind religion. And that's why religion is a bad name, dude. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah, very, very good points. Very good. I think, I think we just found your prophetic calling right there. That's, that's where you what? go. <laughs> you go out no, it's, and you empower it's, the it's, small business person. It's disgusting. Like, <laughs> if somebody's trying to do everything right and just survive, but yet they're across the way from a movie set, and God bless it, that's my world. Yeah. I love it. But they can eat, and they're do what is necess what is necessary about escapism? Right, it's not well. Why can't you merge the two? Why can't they be open and the escapists go eat at the restaurant that wants to 100%, feed them? Right, a hundred percent. Because that's another podcast, bro. But I it's know. like that's where and all these high, high and mighty moralistic stances. It's like you know, I'll I, I'll tell you the beef with the religion. Since I don't know if you are you religious. I am. Yeah, I go. I still we still do church as a family every week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did the two year mission. It. Yeah. Okay. Well, at my mom's funeral, uh -huh. my brother, no, my dad's funeral, my brother, there's many steps to a funeral, wanted to say a few words. Sure. And he said, Father, may I say something? And the, and the priest said, No, this is not now. And I don't think he was supposed to do it there anyway. Yeah. The mass was just a very cold, stoic thing, which masses are. And then afterwards, yeah. we had a huge party. And my brother then gave this great story and speech and all the stuff. And all my dad's kids did. So yeah. the fact that the priest was so cold. Yeah. And if you're a good person, you're empathetic. And if you're a cold person, you're a artist. Right. So don't be religious if you're not empathetic. If you're not empathetic, you're yeah. empathy is a religion, bro. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. And I think it's, it's for the individual, right? And I mean, at a memorial service for a parent who cares about protocol, right? I mean, exactly. do, do what's going to help the grieving family grieve and celebrate yes. the life that they are there to celebrate wholeheartedly agree. Yes. With that, I want to, I, I, you've been so generous with your time. Uh, I want to give you a chance. I'm ending every episode now with, with the 
opportunity for the guests to pepper me since I've been bothering you with questions about what's deep and personal to you to then ask me, what's the deal? What's the deal with Mormonism? So Jamie Kennedy, what is the deal with Mormonism? Any questions you have for me? Um, well, tell me, I'll tell you what I know. And then I mean, I'll think of something like, sure. Um, I mean, Mormons don't drink, right. Or correct. smoke or anything like that. Correct. Right. No, and don't engage drugs. in engage in sex before you're wet or no, no, nope. Celibacy. But then you can have how many wives <laughs> we, so in early days of the church, you know, 1830s to kind of late 1800s, there was, there was polygamy. It is no longer practiced by the mainstream faith any longer. So as a, as a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, one woman, one wife. Are you married? I am. Do you have kids? We have three. How old are you, dude? <laughs> I'm 34. Yeah, you're Mormon. Okay. Yeah. Who do you yeah. pray to? Jesus? Uh, we pray to Heavenly Father in the name of Christ. So we end every prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But we pray to Heavenly and what Father. Do you, what do you... Um, what is it? Are you guys rapture or something? Like, you have to be a Mormon or else what? I mean... Yeah, this is an interesting uh, aspect of the faith. So we do believe the New Testament uh, and the Old Testament as scripture. So I, we do believe in something similar to the rapture, but I, I don't know exactly how that's going to happen. I don't know if, if we should take the scripture literally that people are going to just kind of disappear uh, or not. Um, and as far as making it into heaven do you have to be a member of my faith uh no you don't but latter-day saint heaven is really really big uh compared to what i understand of catholicism or a lot of other christian faiths which is if you're not a member of the faith if you've never heard of jesus christ you're out of luck right you're, you're going to hell uh for for my faith heaven is really big and in order to go to a traditional idea of hell, you know, eternal damnation, hellfire, all of that, you, you really have to do a couple of very specific things. And one of those things is you have to have a perfect knowledge of Heavenly Father, of Jesus Christ. You have to have this true, this true knowledge that, that the gospel is real, and then you have to deny it and convince others that it's not real. So that's kind of the unforgivable sin as far as my faith goes, uh, of, you know, you can't, if you're fighting against God, that's probably not a good sign for you. So that's where people go to, to what we call outer darkness or hell, but everybody else, everybody else is going to some form of heaven, some, some state of heaven. Wow. Yeah. And you're, I didn't know that you were so, I thought you were like excommunicated. Uh, we do, we do excommunicate people, but oh, that you. is, I thought you were like, you thought I was excommunicated. No, I thought you were like, I'm out. I was raised. Oh, no, still in. I'm still in. I still, still believe, still believe. But you said you are open-minded to many things. 
Sure. Yeah, I think there's a difference. Okay, so you know, my faith, we we believe have one truth. question. Yeah. Because I don't want to cut you off. I'm sorry, but I'll, no, I'll, you're let good. Me ask you, let me ask you a simple question. Yeah. What is so bad about having sex before you're married? Be honest. Yeah, Be honest. I don't. Right. I think there's a theology, theological argument that is the sort of real reason why my faith condemns that action. And then I think there's the real world. It's, I, I don't know, as far as an action, if it's consensual, I mean, obviously you could get into, you know, rape and, and that's always terrible, regardless of it's Who's before marriage that? or after. We're but, talking about sex. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, so as far as consensual, like, I don't know that it's that bad of an act, but theologically, we believe that it is a sacred right only to be performed within the bonds of marriage, because that is how, I mean, I don't know, this might go way too deep for you, Jamie, but we believe that we become, if we live righteously in this life, we do everything we're supposed to, we can become like God. That is, we can be, you know, we'll become a heavenly father. We're married to a heavenly mother as two men. Right. And, uh, in order to create, you have intercourse. And so that act of creation is inherently tied to being like God and God works within certain parameters, certain rules. And one of those, you know, we believe is in marriage. So I, I totally get that. Yeah. Since you, you're, you're believing it because of the outcome and what you think it can affect. Right. But, but am I going to condemn someone that, I mean, I have friends that are not of my faith and I'm not constantly telling them, you know, well, you shouldn't be sleeping around. That's a terrible way to live. No, I know. But the, the, I'm telling you the last year. Yeah there has been a lot of stuff happening in this world. Sure. I would say maybe the most bizarro year that I've been alive. And I do think there are evil forces at play. And I do think where before I would have thought, oh, come on, dude, stop being a Mormon, whatever. You know, yeah. I would actually think that there are some dark forces at play where sex could, I would, I would just say sex is sex, but now I could see that there are some, you ever hear that term, like somebody ha might have some demons, Yeah, you know, it's not exactly healthy sex, like literally that I could. I can right. see that being there now for some reason. I don't know if something flipped on my brain or whatever. And I believe in energy. Yeah. And I believe that you, if you do have sex with somebody and it's not right, like, I mean, not, not right, but like, yeah, you know, you guys don't vibe and you're, it's not going to be a relationship that they it, you get that energy on you. You couldn't get people's energy on you. So I actually start yeah. to look at it a little different now as opposed to, you know, people just want to casually do it. I mean, you, people could do whatever they want as long as consensual, yeah. but yeah, I do think, I don't know, maybe I got older, but I do believe there is something more to it now. But I don't yeah. know. I'm not like religious or anything, and I don't know. But right. the fact that you came to literally, you came to L.A., dude. I mean, yeah. you, people people would argue these you're right in the heart of it. You might be in the pits right now. 
Sure. And you're out there trying to be a white light. Yeah, we're doing our best, you know, as as we should, right? Scriptures say don't hide your light under a bushel. Yeah, so, I mean, the fact that you're doing that, you feel good. That's pretty impressive. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, in as far as stand up goes related to religion, uh, you know, I struggled. I knew I wanted to try stand up comedy when I came out to L.A., really wanted to pursue it. And, uh, you know, I was just another white guy talking about white guy stuff. And it wasn't until I'd been about six months in that I was like, I have to talk about this aspect of myself, this religious side but I'd been scared to talk about it because I didn't really know how to talk about it. How do you make it funny, relatable? And as I started working on it, that's when people started remembering who I was. And that's when I started getting spots on stage and shows and things. Cause I had a particular voice. It's hugely important to do that. Hard to do. Yeah. And takes time to craft it. But obviously when you do it, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah, and I would uh, I would never go back uh, at at this point. So, yeah, uh, I think I think probably age has a lot to do with it. And and for me, you know, I think religion is not necessarily the only way to live your life, but the way I view it is it's it's a method that has helped a lot of other people be happy. And so, why not try it? You know what I mean? Why not see what kind of wisdom is there, even though some of it goes counter to the way the culture is moving? Big time. Yeah. Big time. Well, there's two points to that. A, religion's made people happy, but it's also had wars. So I don't totally yeah. agree with that statement. Sure. And there's a lot sure. of religious zealots that are your their way or the highway, which is, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. But but in terms of what you said, I don't know how to say this in a way, because I do watch a lot of videos on different things. And I feel uh-huh. like there's there is this new spiritual like Jesus is making a comeback. Like, yeah. I do believe this. Like, I believe like the world is divided and I'm around people that say Jesus more than I've ever been. And I'm not in going to church or anything. And they're <laughs> normal people. But they're like, yo, dude, this. <laughs> biblical and like so you'll catch yourself watching a video or saying some stuff like this and there's something uh, there's something what you just said i don't want to forget the culture definitely wants how can i say this religion is being put upon as this terrible thing Mm -hmm. but unfortunately you know religion has a lot of problems but morality is not bad and i think more morals are getting more and more tossed out the window and if you judge anything yeah then you're this type of thing so the ability to kind of say, yo, what's up with that? No, kind of, because the culture's going into, hey, everything's a thing. Right. Everything's a thing, right? It's, right. it's okay. It's a, and so, yeah, that's going to cause a lot of friction. So, and, and the, I don't know how I said that in the loosest way, but yeah, the society, yeah. I don't want to say it's getting less religious, which it kind of is. I think it's getting less moralistic. Yeah, very interesting. I wholeheartedly, uh, I wholeheartedly agree. 
And it's, and it's that's also, me, dude, I'm telling you that. Look at me. I'm this is what I'm talking that. about. When Jamie Kennedy's calling for higher morals, we know we got a problem. Like, look at that. I mean, but see, this is what I'm talking about. I met you at, at you know, the, the nightcap LA shows. And then, and then at my show, we had you on and we talked a little bit afterward and, you know, you talk about energy. I just felt like you are such a kind, good person. Oh no. Are you there? Did you freeze right there? I froze. You were like this. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh man. I was just saying you're, you, you were such a you nice show. Yeah. We, I talked to you a bit after one of the shows that we were on and just such a good, nice person. And I knew that if we could have this conversation, there would be some magical things. And that that's one of them. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you about the morality of society. And I don't think it means people are being worse. I just think under a guise of acceptance, we're letting go of certain aspects of society that have kept us together for so long. Dude, so dicey that you said that. And when you're done with this podcast, clip me up. Cause I'll put posts on I'm liking what we're talking about. I'll be both sure. for you, but it's true. You just said something that hopefully will go over a lot of people's heads that get offended. Under a <laughs> guise of acceptance, yeah, a lot of things are getting let go. Let's go even deeper. Under a guise of too many questions. Yeah. Like, that's, that's insane. How do you feel about this? Do you think Trump should have been banned on Twitter? Yes or no? No. I agree. I, don't. I agree. I and I am not pro-Trumper. I don't know what you are. No, not and, pro-Trump. And they, I think that they, they allow, since they're a private company, they're allowed to do whatever they want. Right. But that slope is very slippery. And yep. a lot of people that are considered artists that are for that, <laughs> the, the, you know, what's the saying? Did you know this better than me? When you rip out a man's tongue, you're not scared. We're gonna. You're, what is it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's this. a great thought... quote. When you when you rip out a man's tongue, it's and then it's something else. But basically, you don't know what he's gonna hit. I don't know. The, the last. Listen, I, this is what I believe. I do not believe that you should say anything or do anything illegal. Yeah. Or immoral. But the difference is, people have different morality codes, right? Yeah. But there should be a basic 10 laws of morality that we understand. Now, what yours is sex before marriage would be one. For me, it isn't. But, you sure. know, I don't think that would be a deal breaker. But, you know, there's a happy medium in there. But, you know, right. I think there's a lot of things that we can't talk about that we understand are both. We both agree that what is just universally <laughs> wrong. Yeah. And I and, think that those yeah. things are being pushed back. And then if you question them, why are you questioning it? And that's insanity. Yeah. And, and the that is why that, we're only going to get more fragmented. Right. And the fact that we can't even talk about what we both, I think, know we're talking around is the problem. I think that it, is the exactly. real problem. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we have to do. And it's, it's, that's why comedy goes back to the beginning of what you said. It's the most yep. important thing right now. But yeah. even that is being looked upon as, oh, well, yeah. they say it's under the guise of a joke, but is it a joke? It's like, right. it's it's a big problem and it's yeah. not going to go away. And I, I don't know, man, like, 
I just, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I talk to that we disagree on different things, but at the end of the day, I like them or they make me laugh or they're right. a good person. You know, right. I don't throw them all out. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just, it, it nuance is just done. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's, I, people think this is going to be interesting. I, it's, 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 I'm going to say this right now. And, and, and anyone who gets mad, you can DM me or whatever. <laughs> because it's sad. I have to say this before I say this anytime. Yeah. About Trump. I'm not pro Trump. I didn't even vote and I got hollered at. <laughs> but I understand why people will holler at me. But I, right. it's different because I think there's a lot of on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. But bottom line is this the one thing. I mean, if you could say anything about Trump is that he did break open and expose the system for bad or for good. We're all talking about it and we're looking at it. We're going, what's going on here? Isn't yeah. that worth anything? And I feel like today I'm looking at all the, the drags of humanity go, it's so nice now. It's so peaceful and so calm and dignity. And I'm like, dignity? You you thought Bill Clinton was dignified, but he was using an intern as a humidor. <laughs> yeah, Remember and that wasn't the first him? time. That was no. not the first time. It's like JFK gave great speeches. My relative, probably. Him and his brother were stooping Marilyn Monroe at the same time. Like, give me a break. People yeah. want all this niceness, and they want to put lipstick on a pig. Right. And, and so now I feel like everyone's like, oh, look at all these wonderful – Everything is so nice. And it's like, I see the dirty dealings behind it. And I just, I don't yeah. know, man. I think people are going to go back to wearing blinders again. And I don't know. I don't know. But probably people will hate me for saying that. But why not? Why can't I say that? Right. Yeah. I mean, the way that I phrased the 2016 election was I, and I still didn't vote for Trump. I also didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. But yeah. I wanted to know what stuff I should be mad about. And I was convinced with Hillary Clinton, I would never find out about stuff that was going on that I would be upset with. Dude, that's such a good way to say that. You would <laughs> find out, you would just not know what you should be mad about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's and, exactly it. And Trump promised Dude, transparency. transparency. Yeah, and he promised that. And he, I don't think he gave it to us in the way he wanted to, but we have it. Way more people know about our government now than did four years ago. There's no question. A thousand percent. And what makes people so mad that when you talk about something, they shun you? Like, what's right. wrong with just talking about it? When right. you can't talk about something without being shunned, kicked out, canceled, thrown out, disqualified, what does that say? I yeah. don't matter. So just kill me then. Kill everybody <laughs> right. that you disagree with. I mean, that it's hard to feel like that's not what that's both sides right. want to do to the other side. That's insane. Just like yeah. kill us. It's and crazy. Just walk around and enjoy a depopulated earth. I mean. <laughs> right. Right. It's, just, uh, it's like, dude, tolerance. It's like. I know. Yeah. And I guess, you and, know, for and, you. And don't be a hypocrite. But then there's so much hypocrisy. Right. And there's hypocrisy in politics. There's hypocrisy in religion. And, and the, my one point on religion is I think there's a huge difference between the organization that brings whatever gospel, whatever beliefs they have, 
there's a difference between the organization that brings it and the actual beliefs. And dude, go ahead. I'll shut up. I'm gonna. No, I was go just ahead. gonna say I'm worried that with with organized religion, it's being thrown out. You know, because of the organization that brings it is imperfect. Bro, the problem with religion is Mormons are considered very wealthy. Correct. Yeah. I mean, typically we're, we're kind of the Jew 2.0, I say. Are you, do you have money? We've, we've, we have sufficient for our needs. We're good. We're okay. Did you make it or was it you inherited it? I married up, baby. I married up. Okay. Yeah. So, and I don't need to know what you do, but my question is. I mean, I'm a stay at home dad right now. I was a lawyer before we moved to LA. Okay. Yeah. So what, what kind of law? uh corporate i did small small businesses usually family-owned stuff did contract review for them so my thing is are temples open right now or closed closed Uh, i i mean it depends but here in la the they're they're closed do you think mormons should let homeless people in their temple at least for a couple days to get out of the cold oh so okay so we have we have buildings called temples we also have just regular churches Temples is where we do some of our more sacred ordinances and probably not for the homeless just because there's nothing really there for them. Um, But churches, man, I think, you know, if, if, I mean, yeah, absolutely. They should, right. We should have, we should have food banks that are there ready for them. And yes, you know, I, do you think that the, the Vatican should sell all of its jewels? Yeah. I mean, if it were going to charity and, and yeah, I think so. You know, you my think tr- the Mormons could sell all their properties, their jewels. I think we could do, I think we could do quite, quite well in that way. Yeah. So that's, could do that's where religion has a problem. Yeah. Cause they're literally saying, you know, be kind to your brother. We have jewels that are 600 years old worth a hundred million dollars. Now we're not going to give those to you. But I mean, it's, right. dude, it's insanity. So it's, or they could say, you know what, be good to people. But look, man, I'm a priest. I gave up women. I like a Maserati. I'm going to drive. All right, can I live? Like, just, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so that yeah, yeah. is going to disenfranchise people. So yeah. if, if you have money and there's homeless people crying on your store and you're preaching, be open, you can't say that. So yeah. that's why religion is a problem because. Yeah, Look, and I respect that. I respect that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think Just though like there's any anything that's hypocrisy, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I think as far as an individual goes, we you know every everybody individually could also do better, right? We could also do better in trying to just reach out to the homeless. It doesn't have to be the churches, but do they have a lot of the resources? Yeah, hold yeah, on, do. let me go back. Damn, this is never going to end. Okay, look. <laughs> Yes, you're right, right? But if some dude works at Chick-fil-A, right? Or no, that's it's religious. If some dude works at the sneaker shop <laughs> in and out or yeah, right. And you just said, well, all of us can do better as people. Great. But that's not actually a statement that I can get behind because yes, we should, but the dude at the sneaker shop might be a self-involved narcissist, whatever, he wants to make his money. He's not every Sunday going, this is how you should help. So if you're out there (laughs) saying that, you have to live what you say. 
So yeah. yes, people should be better people, but a lot of people don't even have that awareness. So yeah. if you're in that game, damn, that was a good point. I hear you. I hear you. I just don't know. But I do think that people that are, I never found myself like this. Once I graduated school, you know, like my mother was a super hardcore, like Jesus in your heart. Yeah. And my dad was much more of, you know, wild, like question everything. But I do believe since I turned 50 and with all the stuff in the world, I do believe you do need something to grab onto, man. Like I am looking around <laughs> going, oh, <laughs> so, and yeah. I've been, I've been very fortunate, you know, I mean, I've buried both my parents, you know, God rest their soul, whatever that or he or she may be, but yeah, you know, unfortunately I wasn't there for my mother, but she died in the same bed as my dad, but I held my dad's hand with the rest of my family and looked in his eyes yeah. as he took his last breath. And to tell you this dude, it was probably the most, I've done everything in this world. Nothing compares to it. It was yeah. the, the, the most beautiful thing I've ever been involved in. Yeah. Uplifting. And I watched mm. him look past me and my sisters and my brother and see something. I don't yeah. know what, but in his eyes, hmm. he wanted to go. So that changed me, whatever that is. Yeah. So you believe in something after this? Well, so for sure, because he was literally like talking like a and then he just went, bro. He yeah. Just, he went to yeah. the next realm and it was peaceful as hell. Yeah. My poor mother went in her sleep, which really bummed me out. But people were like said, you got like a religious experience with your father's death. And it's very rare to get that. My mother yeah. was in the same room, same bed. We just, we missed her by two days. You know what I mean? And right. it happens. Right. But, right. but both live very long lives and very productive lives. And I've got to experience everything with them. So and no regrets, but... Yeah. To watch his eyes. I was, hmm. yeah, that definitely made me go, all right, maybe I should open up my mind again to this. Sure. Interesting. Well, man, this has been awesome. Thank you again so much for doing this. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything you want to plug for the 10 people that listen to this? <laughs> I would say, uh, this is my podcast. Hate to break it to you. Go on my Instagram and, Twitter and all that stuff. Jamie Kennedy, you can find me there. Beautiful. And I'll put all that in the show notes. Jamie, you're a, you're just a fantastic person. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me about this today. Dude, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hope I didn't give you too many long-winded answers, man. No, it was perfect. It was perfect. Thank you so much. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.